The stench of sulfur and decay stung my nostrils, a familiar assault my body had long trained itself to ignore. Every step reverberated with a hollow echo on the obsidian path, the only sound breaking the desolate silence of my eternal post. This was my domain, the grim boundary between the land of the living and the sprawling chaos of the underworld. My gauntleted hand traced the edge of the barrier, a pulsating membrane of sickly green energy separating the realms. For untold ages, I'd held this line as the gatekeeper, my task unending, thankless, and non-negotiable. Each tremor that rippled across the barrier had my grip tightening on the hilt of my sword. No soul, restless, tortured, or malignant, was passing through on my watch. Suddenly, a screech sliced through the stagnant air, sharp as a shard of glass. It emanated from a grotesque, bat-winged creature perched on a ledge above the path. We weren't friends, these bottom feeders of the underworld, but a mutual tolerance had always existed. That day, though, its beady eyes gleamed with an urgency I'd never witnessed. What stirs the denizen so? I growled, voice rough from disuse. The creature let out another garbled shriek, bobbing its head and gesturing frantically deeper into the gloom. Annoyance mingled with unease. Trouble in the depths was nothing new. But such agitation. Something wasn't right. Then the barrier flared. Not a faint tremor, but a jolt that shot a spike of pain down my arm. I swore an involuntary outburst betraying the rising alarm within me. My eyes narrowed, focused on the spot where the energy sputtered, threatening to tear. This wasn't restless spirits trying their luck. This was something else. Something far more dangerous. Cursing under my breath, I sprinted back towards the stone monolith that marked my watchtower. It offered little comfort, only an elevated vantage point and a cache of supplies. A shadow detached itself from the inky depth surrounding the tower, a figure both unsettlingly familiar and, brutally, unwelcome. Its form swirled and shifted, coalescing into an elongated shape cloaked in darkness that seemed to drink in the surrounding light. Carden. Its voice resonated within my mind, a tremor more than a sound. Of course, it knew my name. Wraiths always knew more than was comfortable. Report. Barriers failing, I grunted. No hint of respect in my tone. The thing tilted its head, a mockery of curiosity. As we have foreseen, not merely restlessness, gatekeeper. Weakening from the source. It didn't need to spell it out. Weakening meant escape. Escape meant pandemonium unleashed upon the mortal world. Screaming hordes flooding through, ripping the balance to shreds. I may have hated my post, but even I wasn't ready for that level of chaos. Orders? I kept my voice steady. Wraiths thrived on displaying power, enjoyed watching others squirm while they held the cards. This one was no different. It let the silence stretch, savouring the moment. Investigate, it finally hissed. Descend. Discover the cause and contain it by any means necessary. Panic flared hot and then fizzled into icy resolve. It had given the command I feared most. You want me to enter the underworld? My voice betrayed nothing but 
Internally, I reeled. Even after centuries, the place twisted my gut into knots. This is beyond the usual restless souls, gatekeeper. The wraith chided, its voice oozing condescending amusement. The fate of both our realms hangs in the balance. Or is your age finally making you soft? My jaw clenched, old wounds throbbing in phantom echoes. It knew exactly which buttons to push. Prepare the crossing, I rasped out and stalked away, not waiting for it to savour its little victory. This was worse than duty. This was a sentence. Every inch of my body rebelled as I prepared for the descent. My weapon wasn't the sword I normally wielded. Too flashy, too slow for the tight, unpredictable confines of the underworld. Instead, a pair of wickedly curved daggers were belted over a worn leather tunic, designed for efficiency, not intimidation. It wasn't like anything down there would be cowed by my appearance anyway. Packs went onto my back. Rations, spare vials of acrid liquid that repelled even the most stubborn lesser demons. A coil of rough rope. Nothing for comfort. Everything for survival. Each item triggered a flashback. A series of vicious vignettes painting a gruesome picture of why I loathed being bound to this place. One scene burned brighter than the rest. A younger me barely recognisable under the sheen of sweat and blood, locked in a desperate struggle against twisted wraiths amidst the skeletal ruins of a city deeper in the underworld. And her, the reason I was here at all, the reason I hadn't succumbed to madness back then. That memory had always been a shield, a reminder of the cold purpose beneath the hatred. But today, it also sparked a primal terror within me. If the barrier was weakening, it meant those horrors could claw their way out again. Focus, I thought viciously, slamming the memory back into its dark corner. No room for sentimentality now. There was only cold pragmatism to cling to as I approached the monolith. The wraith waited, radiating impatience that only fueled my resentment. A gesture from the creature and the smooth obsidian began to writhe like liquid tar the air above it rippling with nauseating heat. The portal always made my teeth ache just looking at it. I closed my eyes and steeled myself for the ordeal ahead. With a growl of resignation, I stepped forward. The transition was never graceful. One moment I stood beneath the harsh, dim illumination of the boundary. The next, I was tumbling through a vortex of pure disorientation. It felt like my flesh was being flayed from bone my senses stretched and warped into oblivion. The shriek of tortured energy and the stench of brimstone hammered against me, forcing me to clamp down on a surge of white-hot nausea. Time lost meaning in that chaotic in-between space. Finally, the sensations warped again, shifting from pain to pressure, and I was spat out unceremoniously onto solid ground. I lay there for a few ragged breaths, chest heaving, visions swimming. When I could focus again, my eyes drank in the sight of the underworld sprawled before me. No sky, just a heavy, oppressive weight pressing down from above. The ground was the colour of congealed blood, jagged outcroppings thrusting upwards like monstrous fangs. The air tasted of ash and something far fouler that turned my stomach. This was home for an ungodly host, and I was the unwelcome intruder. Getting my bearings was top priority. The pull of the portal still thrummed behind me, 
but it was already fading. Returning would take far more exertion than the crossing over, a built-in failsafe so gatekeepers didn't cut and run. I squinted against the dim, pulsing light radiating from veins of glowing ore in the rock, gauging the most efficient path deeper into this hellish expanse. It wasn't about finding a source of the disturbance, yet, but merely getting oriented within this twisted realm. Every instinct honed from centuries of duty hummed with tension. There was nothing for me here but my mission, a task laid upon me long ago. Every step echoed my grim purpose, a stark reminder there was no escape from this role, not in life and certainly not in death. The terrain was punishing. Scabrous rocks gave way to patches of treacherous ground that threatened to suck me under with every step. There was a bitter irony in the effort. All my life I'd been the one preventing escape. And now here I was, struggling just to move forward. Yet, the old rhythm kicked in. Muscle memory guided me around a particularly nasty pit, senses hyper-alert for any movement in the oppressive stillness. Then it came. Not a sight, but a sound. A skittering from just out of sight, followed by something akin to a wet cough. I whirled, daggers drawn, a lifetime of combat reflexes taking over. From the shadowed base of a gnarled rock formation, a creature emerged. Hunched, vaguely humanoid, it had skin like cracked leather stretched over an emaciated frame. Its eyes were milky pits, yet somehow I knew they tracked my every move. This was one of the underworld's bottom-rung predators, mindless, driven by raw, insatiable hunger. Perfect for testing my edge. It lunged not with any tactical thought, just ravenous need. I sidestepped, letting it stumble past, its gnashing teeth snapping at empty air. In a fluid motion, I plunged one dagger deep into its exposed ribcage, twisting as I ripped it free. The creature shrieked, foul ichor splattering against the rocks, then toppled with a wet thud. Breathing hard, I scanned the landscape. No others had been drawn by the noise, a small piece of good fortune. Still, this first kill did little to lift my spirits. Each fight, no matter how minor, took its toll down here. It wasn't about brute strength alone, but the relentless strain on the mind, the constant chipping away of will. I sheathed my blades, an ache settling deep in my bones. I was strong, hardened, but not invincible. The underworld had a way of wearing you down, one encounter at a time. I pressed onwards, the corpse of the starved wretch already fading into the background. There was no time for sentiment or revulsion, only the grim march deeper. For what might have been hours or mere minutes, the landscape remained bleak and oppressive. Then something in the distance shifted. It wasn't a tangible sight, more of a prickling sensation crawling up the back of my neck, like eyes fixed on my back, though not from any creature within my line of sight. A whisper slithered into my mind, a hissing voice I couldn't discern, like wind howling through broken teeth. You do not belong, trespasser. Instinctively, my head whipped around, seeking the speaker, yet there was nothing, just the same barren rocks and twisted shadows. Still, the whispering continued, growing more insistent, more tangible. Each barb was aimed with brutal precision, digging into old scars. Failure. 
weakness, lost. I squeezed my eyes shut, a surge of rage sparking through me. The underworld played the long game, its denizens not content with merely physical assaults. They chipped away at your sanity, unearthed deep-buried weaknesses, amplified doubt until it was all that remained. I'd developed defences against it over centuries, a wall in my mind that I'd carefully constructed. Yet, something about the sheer malice behind these whispers chipped at that resolve. Not lost, I rasped, more to myself than any unseen tormentor. The words caught in my throat, tasting rotten and hollow. Was it defiance, or was a sliver of the whispered doubt seeping in? I forced myself to focus, to cling to the cold fury simmering within me. It had fueled me before, helped drown out the voices in the past, and it would see me through again. My pace quickened. The sooner I found the source of the weakening, the sooner I could escape this mental onslaught. One encounter down, countless more to come. Just another brutal reminder of why I dreaded this damned place. I marched with renewed determination, the whispers fading momentarily in the wake of my rage. It was a temporary victory, I knew, but it gave me space to focus on my immediate surroundings. Each rock, each crevice became a potential ambush point. This mental shift brought about a surprise, a shadow dancing just at the edge of my vision. I spun, blade flashing, but whatever it was had vanished. This time, though, the prickling dread was accompanied by a new sensation, curiosity. After several heartbeats of strained silence, a figure emerged from behind a twisted stone pillar. To my astonishment, it wasn't one of the underworld's usual horrors. This was a human soul, or what was left of one. Unlike the mindless husks perpetually trapped here, this figure retained a sense of awareness and calculation. They were older, perhaps a scholar if the faded, tattered robes meant anything. The eyes, deep-set and burning with a haunted light, observed me with a mix of wariness and desperation. Gatekeeper, the voice echoed within my mind, surprisingly strong. A most unexpected ally. That word, ally, snagged in my mind. In all my time watching the boundary, never once had I considered teaming up with one of the condemned. This situation, as precarious as the weakening barrier itself, seemed to demand desperate measures. Your kind don't offer aid, I rasped, suspicion hardening my tone. What game are you playing? A twisted smile flashed across the soul's face. A simple one, gatekeeper. Escape. This disruption you feel. It offers a chance. I've long observed the rhythms of this forsaken place, its weaknesses. With your strength, my knowledge, we might break through. The proposal lingered in the air, as unpalatable as it was strangely tempting. If what they said was true, perhaps. And what makes you think I won't simply leave you behind the moment it suits me? I challenged. This soul smelled of both danger and opportunity, a volatile mix I had long grown accustomed to. The soul met my harsh question with a dry chuckle. Because, gatekeeper, you have as much desire to remain in this wasteland as I do. Your duty ends at the boundary, does it not? They were right, and it stung. As for trust, there is none to be had here. But shared interest? Oh, that we have in abundance. 
It wasn't enough to banish the unease coiling in my gut. A truce born of necessity, not nobility. This journey felt even more dangerous with such a dubious companion in tow. Yet part of me, the pragmatic part honed by bitter experience, knew there was truth in their words. The scholar could read the underworld currents, a skill I sorely lacked. Their knowledge might prove advantageous, if not ultimately fatal. Show me what you know. I finally relented, keeping my voice deliberately neutral. But the moment you try anything, this partnership ends. Violently. The soul nodded, a hint of grim amusement crossing their face. Fair enough. Follow. I fell in step behind, the scholar leading me deeper into the oppressive gloom, away from my usual route. We moved in uncomfortable silence, my distrust growing with each jagged outcropping and sulfurous vent we passed. The landscape became harsher, more unstable, echoing the instability of the barrier itself. My fingers itched for the comforting hilts of my daggers. Finally, we reached a chasm so deep it seemed to cut into the very core of the underworld. Hot, noxious fumes curled up from its depths, making my eyes water. This... this is the wellspring, the scholar's voice reverberated around the chasm. Where the disruption originates, it grows more volatile with each passing moment. I peered into the abyss, noting the pulsating network of fissures crackling along the chasm walls. Whatever fueled this place, it was tearing itself apart. Which begged the question, could any intervention stop the process entirely, or would I merely be delaying the inevitable? Just then, a surge of raw, malevolent energy pulsed upwards, making the very rock beneath my feet tremor. I swore and the scholar flinched, the desperate hope fading from their spectral eyes. The scholar had been an opportunistic gamble, and it appeared I'd lost that wager. There was no more time for theory or strategy. As another stronger surge shuddered through the ground, I gripped my daggers and shouted at the scholar, What now? Their ethereal form was wavering, growing translucent as the tremors built, yet there was a flash of something like steel in those dimming eyes. There! A convergence! They gasped, pointing a shaking finger toward a treacherous ledge overlooking the chasm. That's where. The ritual. Or machine. Whatever foulness drives this, we can disrupt it. Their words held a sliver of hope so desperate it cut through my cynicism. It was a flimsy plan, barely a plan at all, but as the very stones beneath us roared in protest, it was all we had. Without another word, I sprinted towards the ledge, the scholar's spectral form trailing behind me. Each leap felt like it might be my last as the brittle rock crumbled under my boots. The heat blasting from the depths was searing, the foul stench suffocating. I reached the ledge and looked down. It was too far to simply jump. And below, the source. A crude mechanism, like an inverted heart carved from blackened bone, spewed forth waves of corrupt energy with each agonizing pulse. Tentacles of sickly light wove from it into the very walls of the chasm, feeding the disruption, the rot. My mind raced. It had to be done now, while the fabric of this realm was still fraying. But how? While it surges, vulnerable, the scholar managed beside me. You must strike. True. Their voice faded. 
If they didn't escape this chasm soon, they might vanish entirely. Yet even with that threat, they aided me to the end. This defiance. I respected it, but it remained foolishness all the same. Another jolt ran through the earth, throwing me off balance. There was no more waiting, no more second-guessing. Hold them at bay, I snarled at the scholar, more an acknowledgement of their sacrifice than a real command. They nodded, spectral hands weaving protective sigils in the air. Flimsy things, unlikely to last long against the raw forces surging out of the pit. One dagger remained in my hand, the other I hurled with practiced, deadly aim. It sailed through the air to embed itself squarely in the grotesque bone structure of the device below. There was a scream, not human, but the anguished screech of the underworld itself. It vibrated against my skull, but there was a momentary disruption in the energy flow, a vital second of weakness. It was enough. I steeled myself and leaped. It felt like jumping into oblivion, the heat-blasted air whipping against me, the stench of sulphur threatening to swallow me whole. Time stretched. Somehow, I landed squarely on the ledge below the brittle rock crumbling ominously. The corrupted mechanism throbbed violently, a vile black liquid dribbling from the spot where my dagger was embedded. There was one chance. I closed my eyes, visualizing my past targets, every vital strike in countless forgotten battles. My muscles sang with familiar tension, then released. Like an enraged viper, I flung myself onto the pulsating device my hands closing around the hilt of the embedded dagger. I ripped the blade free, ignoring the howl of protest ripping from the pit that felt directed into my very marrow. There was a wet crack as the grotesque heart split under my weight, and in its dying convulsions it unleashed a surge of power that blasted outward. Whether I screamed or not I'll never know. Then there was only blinding agony and oblivion, darkness, then a trembling glow, I groaned, every joint and muscle screaming in protest. Was I back on the boundary? Had I failed? Forcing my heavy lids open, I focused on my surroundings. This wasn't the harsh landscape of the underworld, nor the relative safety of my watch post. My vision swam, but what I saw made my blood run cold. I lay within a circle of crudely scrawled runes, the dying embers casting ghastly shadows against aged stone walls. And there, kneeling across from me, was the scholar. No, not quite how I remembered. Their spectral form glowed brighter, solidifying. Before my shocked eyes, color seeped back into their skin, faint lines on their face fading. In the dim, unnatural light of the embers, they appeared impossibly alive. What? I sputtered, the weight of what had occurred crashing down upon me. The scholar, no longer a soul, but a living, breathing person, offered a weary smile. The price of escape, gatekeeper. The disruption you saw to its root. In death, there was the opportunity for rebirth. A bitter note crept into their voice. For one of us, at least. I sat up, a wave of dizziness threatening to topple me back down. I disrupted the... whatever it was but with unimaginable consequences. You used me, I growled, hand seeking the reassuring hilt of a dagger no longer at my side. 
The scholar held up their hands in surrender. We both used each other, they corrected, their voice hoarse but stronger. Don't mistake desperation for malice. Your strength was my escape, but your sacrifice weakened the barrier enough for my mortal coil to knit itself together again. The truth of it, simple, brutal pragmatism sank in. Had I just traded one problem for another, released a soul that may prove far more treacherous than any underworld beast, but I, too, acted purely in self-interest. To save the worlds, yes, but also, ultimately, to end my own eternal torment. Now what? The question seemed absurdly weak, considering what had just transpired. My duty lay in ruins, my purpose, gone. The scholar, not scholar anymore, but merely a man now, weathered and all too mortal, rose with surprising fluidity. What else? We survive. He stretched, bones cracking with audible pops. This chamber, it hides an old escape route. Smugglers knew of it before... He trailed off, something dark flashing in his eyes. His transformation so profound and impossible left me reeling. Yet, amidst the confusion, a sliver of grim practicality remained. Lead on, I said, pushing myself to my feet. Trust was now a laughable notion between us, yet I hadn't survived this long by blindly embracing chaos. He hesitated, then gestured for me to follow. It quickly became clear we were in an ancient structure, part temple, part fortress, long buried beneath the shifting sands of the underworld. We wound through narrow passages etched with runes I dared not decipher, the very air crackling with a lingering echo of the power used in my desperate act. After an interminable time, we came upon an iron-bound door hidden in a shadowed alcove. The man, whose name I still didn't even know, produced a corroded key from a hidden pocket in his robes. Once we are through here, he warned, a sliver of tension returning to his voice. Our partnership truly ends. Agreed. My only response was the glint of steel as I retrieved a salvaged dagger from my boot. His nod was grim, echoing my own sentiment. It was impossible to forget what lay between us. Sacrifice, manipulation, a strange kind of rebirth neither of us fully understood. With a grunt, he forced the ancient door to crack open. A burst of shockingly clean air hit us, carrying the unmistakable tang of salt water and wet earth. It was the scent of the mortal world, something I'd nearly forgotten after an eternity guarding the boundary. I blinked in the sudden flood of weak sunlight, and then we were through the heavy door thudding shut behind us. Ahead, a desolate beach stretched endlessly under a grey, overcast sky. We had emerged, broken, changed, and utterly free from our old bonds. Yet, what freedom tasted like in this forsaken, unfamiliar world, neither of us could yet fathom. The transition was harsh. Wind tore at my tattered clothes, sending chills down my spine that had nothing to do with the cold temperature. Gone were the oppressive weight and sickening heat of the underworld. This world felt frail, thin, and shockingly vast, every breath hitched with the sheer scope of its space. The man beside me shielded his eyes with a groan. So, this is it? 
His voice carried a strain of vulnerability amidst its usual wryness. Having lost spectral immortality, was death now finally something to fear? My gaze snagged on a battered fishing boat pulled up on the coarse sand. I'd barely registered the small village huddled amongst the bleak dunes while focused on escape. Now, though, it represented something crucial, a potential for action. Survival in this unfamiliar, unforgiving world demanded immediate solutions, not introspection. They won't welcome escaped denizens of the underworld, I pointed out, already striding towards the village. We'll need coin, supplies, some way to... I paused. To do what? The goal that defined my entire existence had crumbled alongside the barrier. The man fell into step beside me. The rhythmic crunch of sand under our boots, mirroring the internal cacophony within me. We were unmoored, adrift in a world we barely understood. It was fearsome, yes, but also held a stark fascination. As we neared the village, the stench of fish and smoke filled the air. Crude huts clustered by the docks, weathered nets drying across rough-hewn posts. We exchanged a grim look. I, with my underworld-honed reflexes and ruthlessly practical demeanour, and the former scholar with his knowledge now turned obsolete, we were ill-equipped for integration. Our only path was through audacity, cunning, and perhaps a splash of desperation. My fingers curled around the dagger hilt. Whatever form life would take on this side of the boundary, survival, it seemed, remained the only consistent rule. This new world, it wasn't about duty or grand plans. Each step forward would be a battle clawed from the dirt, a constant, grueling exercise of will. And at the heart of that realization, Beneath the unfamiliar weight of a foreign sky, a spark of grim anticipation ignited. My purpose might be gone, but I myself remained untamed. The village bristled with wary energy at our approach. Gaunt, sun-weathered fishermen froze mid-task, their eyes narrowing as we crossed into the meagre square. Their wives clutched ragged shawls tight, pulling children behind them. No warm welcome for strangers here, especially not ones wearing the bleak mark of our recent journey. Keep your head high, eyes forward, the former scholar muttered. Confidence sells better than pity, even in a place like this. His advice struck a hollow note. Confidence, when every cell in my body screamed out with disorientation, was in short supply. Yet he was right. In this village... We weren't the gatekeeper or the condemned soul, but merely outsiders, desperate enough to trespass. I pushed back my shoulders and raised my chin. Each scar, a testament to battles in another world, might as well be a coat of arms worn against these suspicious villagers. Their leader, I presumed, stepped forward. Barnacled face and a limp that spoke of hard years. I knew this type. Your business! He rasped, a rusty knife dangling from his thick hand. This ain't no safe harbour for vagrants. The temptation to sneer, to meet his threat with bravado, was overwhelming. Yet it would be a fatal misstep. The scholar nudged me. He stepped forward with a slight bow, not subservient, but acknowledging the authority these weathered villagers clung to. We come not as vagrants, 
His voice held a strength honed from his old life of the mind, not brute force. But as those fleeing misfortune, our skills remain sharp. He motioned ever subtly at my weaponized physique. And we are fair workers. Skills? The leader grunted, eyes flicking across me with grudging appraisal. Then something sparked in his weathered gaze, a mix of desperate hope and avarice. A storm gathers, he muttered, casting a look towards the churning grey sea. We need able hands to haul, and ready blades should that storm bring more than wind. His meaning was unspoken, but crystal clear. Smugglers, slavers, or some unknown horror washed in with the tides. That I understood. It was a predator's treaty. Payments first, I rasped, ignoring the scholar's sharp glance. He thought to negotiate I wanted tangible exchange, something we could walk away with if betrayal followed. It was a tense game, played out in gestures and half-said threats. In the end, survival won over suspicion. In exchange for risking our skin for their meagre village, we received a handful of tarnished coins, directions to a ramshackle inn, and a warning as stark as the ocean wind. Don't cross us, strangers, or this tide. It'll turn on you quicker than you think. The inn resembled a shipwreck someone had stubbornly decided to inhabit. Weathered timbers groaned under the onslaught of the ever-present wind, and the stink of brine hung heavy in the air. Inside wasn't much better, a smoky common room littered with surly patrons who cast us the same distrustful stares we'd received throughout the village. I made sure to keep my back to the wall and an unobstructed view of the single grimy exit. The barkeep, a mountain of a woman, with a gaze as flinty as a chipped blade, slammed tankards before us with a grunt. We exchanged coins for watery ale and stale bread. It wasn't gourmet, but it was sustenance, and that was all that mattered right now. Our coin wouldn't last long. There was work to be found, likely dangerous, to refill our depleted resources. The former scholar looked more ill at ease with every sullen glare the grimy fisherman sent our way. His hands, those of an academic not made for a brawler's life, nervously fiddled with a broken spoon. This... this wasn't part of the plan, he finally confessed, a tremor in his voice that belied his earlier collected facade. There was supposed to be... a path forward. People who might understand... There's no plan anymore, I snapped, frustration simmering beneath my usual gruffness. The rules, for better or worse, they've changed. Understanding is a luxury we can't afford, not yet. I drank deeply from the chipped mug, the bitter brew doing little to dull the churning uncertainty in my gut. Silence settled between us, broken only by the creak of straining wood and the low roar of the sea outside. Then an idea began to form taking shape in the dim, smoke-filled space. This bleak village with its hard-edged inhabitants and threats on all sides, it wasn't a place of fresh starts. It was a means to an end. Those fishermen, I muttered, drawing the scholar's attention. When their so-called storm arrives, whatever it may be, that's opportunity. In chaos, identities are forgotten. Faces are just blurs. A ghost of a smile spread across his face, slow and calculating. In our former roles, we couldn't have exploited such a situation. Now, my hand tightened around the worn handle of my dagger. Now, we have nothing to lose but our chains.
I rasped. They might fear us, distrust us, but that fear has value, and we can sell that value as if it were the finest gold. It was a monstrous prospect, exploiting fear I usually spent a lifetime preventing. Yet, as we shared a knowing glance in that shadowy hovel, I felt a perverse thrill. We were unbound from the weight of duty and moral code. We could choose to become saviors or scourges, and the only constant would be our unrelenting desire for survival. It was a dangerous game, and whether we were now predator or prey remained to be seen. Days turned into a grim routine. Backbreaking labor on storm-tossed boats alongside weathered fishermen yielded just enough coin to scrape by. Each wary handshake, each sidelong glance was noted, stored away for later use. In the evening, hunched over meager meals at the dilapidated inn, the scholar and I plotted in hushed tones. My knowledge of tactics, gained from endless combat, combined with his shrewd grasp of manipulation. This village wasn't a battlefield, but it had its own kind of warfare. The battle for survival. Then, one wind-whipped night, our chance arrived. Screams echoed over the howl of the tempest, cutting through the relentless crashing of waves. The villagers, those with a sliver of courage remaining, gathered with makeshift weapons on the slick docks. In the eerie dance of torchlight, a nightmare took shape from the storm spray. A ship, not of earthly make. Its tattered sails dripped with foul black slime, and its splintered bowsprit protruded like a monstrous, skeletal finger. I took it in with a warrior's eye. Not pirates, nor the mindless horrors of the underworld. There was a cruel intelligence in how the ship maneuvered through the turbulent sea. A precision I'd faced before in the organized forces of sentient darkness, not mindless chaos. And that made it far more dangerous. Beside me, the scholar was pale but trembling with a kind of dark glee. This, to him, wasn't the end of the world, but raw, untapped information. Witnesses, he murmured, and fear. He turned to me, teeth flashing in a wicked grin. Our harvest. It begins. While the villagers struggled valiantly against the skeletal figures swarming off the monstrous vessel, we circled unseen, not engaging but sowing seeds. A well-placed word about the scholar's uncanny knowledge of the creature's tactics a brutal demonstration of my own ruthless ability to stop one in its tracks. Not saviors, but necessary evils. That was the image we cultivated in those chaotic, blood-spattered moments. When the battle ended, the dead outnumbered the living, and the monstrous ship retreated into the roiling darkness. Yet the fear didn't dissipate with the dawn. It clung to the ragged survivors. Fear of the creatures, fear of the next unknown horror and the creeping unspoken thought. What if a few well-placed blades or carefully woven words might keep that dark tide at bay? It was the scholar who seized the moment. His voice, usually quiet, boomed across the scarred wooden dock. Look! he thundered, pointing a trembling finger at me. We face shadows, yes, but there are those among us who have faced such darkness before. His eyes found mine. Those who know its ways, how to fight it. In that moment of stunned silence, a shift occurred. The villagers didn't look at us like saviors, but at weapons, 
and sometimes fear yearns not for a shield, but a sharper sword. That uneasy alliance forged on the docks led to an unwelcome shift in our lives. No longer were we outcasts barely tolerated, but figures whispered about in the dim corners of the inn. Figures to be paid, appeased, even feared with a sort of grim desperation. There was bitter irony in it. I'd spent centuries as the sole line of defence against underworld monstrosities, and now I found myself selling protection from threats only partially understood. It wasn't a grand crusade, but a sordid business transaction built on corpses and the ever-present dread of what might rise again from those storm-tossed waters. The scholar found his purpose anew, not through books, but the manipulation of those desperate enough to see him as an oracle. Their grudging coin greased our ascent in this grim new hierarchy. We didn't have comfort, but we had tools once more. Better weapons forged by a nervous blacksmith who asked no questions. Potions of dubious origin, traded for whispers of when the next attack might come. My combat experience proved valuable yet again, training a ragged militia not for any noble cause, but simply to hold their ground against the encroaching darkness for one more miserable day. Yet through it all, an uneasy tension remained between me and the scholar. There was only survival to bind us now, no shared goal or genuine trust. With every transaction, every fearful glance thrown our way by desperate villagers, it seemed we climbed higher into an invisible web, whether as spiders or flies was unclear. One night, after a particularly dangerous encounter with grasping horrors I recognised with dread from my post on the boundary, we found ourselves back in our ramshackle quarters overlooking that restless sea. The scholar was poring over salvaged relics with obsessive intensity. Scrolls detailing rituals not meant for mortal eyes, cracked orbs shimmering with unsettling energy. This changes things, he hissed, more to himself than me. These creatures, there's a pattern, not random chaos, an order, a way to predict. I slammed a calloused hand down beside him, scattering parchments like dead leaves. Enough, I snarled, my voice harsh but devoid of anger. It was more weariness. This search for answers had driven him beyond reason. Yet perhaps I held on to my own thread of sanity by not delving too deeply into the mysteries we now faced. We fight and survive, I rasped, looking beyond him toward that shadowed horizon. That's our contract. What lies beyond is for those mad enough to look. Not us. Not anymore. His eyes darted to mine and for just a moment I saw something like fear reflected there. Maybe then he finally grasped it. We hadn't escaped our cages by breaking down the bars, but by swapping one sort of prison for another. And within those new confines, there were still horrors to fear, rules unlearned, and a constant, desperate struggle just to stay one step from ruin. A brittle silence had fallen, heavier than the salt-crusted air seeping through the cracked windowpane. Outside, the sea crashed and hissed a never-ending, unsettling chorus echoing within the confined space. The scholar finally gathered his scattered notes, but rather than defiance, an odd resignation had settled on his face. You speak as if these horrors are your old foes, he murmured, his voice strained with an emotion I couldn't name. 
There were things down there you never told me about, gatekeeper. My hand drifted to my waist, to the empty belt loop where my confiscated daggers once hung. An instinctive action, driven more by old comfort than current need. Do you want stories of the depths? I finally grunted, a cold bitterness coating my words. They'll keep you awake when the nightmares of your escape don't suffice. His eyes burned with the intensity of one consumed by their own personal abyss. Tell me. I need... His voice faltered and he drew a shaking breath. Understanding. It feels as if it's slipping away. With each bargain forged, each terror we exploit. An unsettling pity coiled in my gut. Was this desperation I saw in him? The abyss I knew was vast and merciless. To look too long upon it risked one's very soul. I saw it mirrored in him. Not in his deeds yet, but the hunger that danced just beneath the surface. I moved then, not with aggression but unexpected measured purpose. I pulled the weathered stool I kept for endless nights of guard duty and perched by the window, gesturing him closer. It was a moment of fragile accord, a spark of, not camaraderie, but shared experience no villager could ever comprehend. And as waves churned against the shadowed coast and the bleak, salt-laden wind brought snatches of anguished howls on its tail, I began to speak. Not in detail, not of the grotesque and heartbreaking scenes the depths held, but of the weight, the loneliness of duty, that slowly etched lines of iron into your soul, of the creeping paranoia that told you even victory was tainted with loss, that perhaps we never fully ascended from that damn pit, just found new sunlit torments waiting up here. As my voice faded, worn against the roar of the waves, the scholar seemed to shrink, no longer the manipulator of fear, but a man abruptly aged by knowledge he never anticipated. The fire of curiosity was dulled, replaced by a haunted understanding. We both existed in that in-between, teetering on the knife's edge of our own personal hells. Dawn filtered in, pale and grey. The rhythmic crashing of the sea would lull the villagers soon, but sleep never came easy to those touched by the world beneath. As we lay amid scattered belongings, neither hero nor villain, but simple, brutal survivors, that harsh reality resonated between us. It was an alliance doomed from the start. A partnership steeped in mutual exploitation. And one, it seemed, that carried the heavy price of its own grim, unforgiving truth. The tension crackled with every step I took across the worn wooden floor of our meagre quarters. The scholar was absent, likely immersed in his dark sanctuary a dilapidated boathouse littered with half-translated scrolls and unnervingly pulsing artefacts. The sea seemed angrier that day, churning as if in anticipation of what brewed both beneath its surface and in the heart of the desperate village. For once their fear wasn't solely focused on the encroaching horrors, but on us, their uneasy saviours. An old familiar knot hardened in my gut. We weren't protectors, merely the lesser of two evils and that fragile bargain was unravelling fast. Out in the square, villagers muttered amongst themselves, casting furtive glances my way, 
then hastily looking away. I felt it, the whispers forming behind my back questioning where my loyalties truly lay. They had their doubts about the scholar and his increasingly desperate measures, whispers I did nothing to quell. His obsession was becoming our liability. Finding him wasn't difficult. That stench of seawater brine and something fouler akin to ozone always clung to him lately. The weathered boathouse creaked, groaning under the relentless sea spray. Through the grime-smeared window I saw him hunched over the altar, the scavenged relics we'd gathered glowing with disturbing intensity. It was madness, and something needed to be done before that madness devoured us all. I pushed the door open, the heavy iron hinges screeching in protest. He whirled around, not in panic, but a frenzied sort of glee. Gatekeeper, I found it! His voice thrummed with dangerous excitement. Not just defence, but power! It can be done, they can be controlled! That one word, controlled, chilled me more than any monstrous form that clawed its way ashore. In the harsh daylight, filtering in through cracks and cobwebs, I saw in his bloodshot eyes the mirror image of the abyss I always wrestled back. Yet, in him, that darkness bloomed unrestrained. This ends, I began, but he cut me off, his manic energy rising. Ends, he shouted, spittle flecking his lips. They mocked me in the depths, those witless shadows. I was reborn, given this knowledge, and for what? to cower like cattle beside you. And there it was, the unspoken truth of our fragile partnership bursting open. I wasn't an ally, but a constant reminder of his past failures, a symbol of the underworld he could never fully escape while I was near. My gruff practicality clashed with his newfound thirst for domination, a potent brew born from pain and twisted by unchecked ambition. Your knowledge is poison! I snarled, stepping closer. You look into the abyss, and now it's found a home in your eyes. The silence that followed was charged, broken only by the crash of waves against the shore. Then, as realization dawned on his face, the scholar finally laughed, a harsh, humorless sound that echoed chillingly within those decaying walls. Always playing the warden, even here, he hissed. Well, perhaps it's time the jailer tasted his own chains. In his hand, something sparked. A sliver of that corrupt energy he'd learned to manipulate. My survival instincts sparked, my body coiling tight but too late. It wasn't a weapon he unleashed, but an insidious kind of plea. A call that pulsed outward, not on mortal ears, but towards something waiting deep beneath those churning waves. The boathouse groaned, and on the salt-sprayed wind I heard it, a hungry howl echoing in reply. Time seemed to shatter along with the scholar's frantic laugh. His reckless call had sliced through the veil between worlds, a beacon amidst the bleak village and the roiling sea. His desperation had become our undoing. Panic crackled like a wildfire through the village square. I didn't need to see what had answered the scholar's summons. The bone-deep dread twisting the villagers' faces told me all I needed to know. Survival instinct warred with something like bitter shame within me. Was this my legacy on this side of the boundary? Had I merely traded one apocalypse for another? 
Yet, within that whirlwind of doubt and chaos, something stirred. Not surrender, but grim pragmatism. I'd faced horrors on countless fields of battle, and while despair might fester later, action was my native tongue. To the docks! I thundered, cutting through the rising fear. My voice, honed by a lifetime of giving orders, carried authority the villagers desperately craved. And bring every sharp object this hovel harbours! It wasn't heroics, just cold, brutal necessity. And that they understood. I knew time was not on our side. Whatever was coming would likely bypass the weaker creatures we'd faced, drawn not by blood but a twisted invitation echoing the scholars' corrupted magic. This battle wasn't about fending off mindless invaders, but taking down something intelligent, directed. In essence, I had to face a warped reflection of myself, a foe who saw opportunities where I saw only threats. I didn't bother looking for the scholar. There was no reasoning with one now lost in the depths of their own obsession. It was my burden then to end what we had sown. And should I fall, well, my duty never truly ended, merely took new, monstrous forms. We met the approaching darkness not with a noble stand, but a frantic scramble on the rain-slicked docks. Villagers, faces hardened by endless labour and gnawing fear, wielded spears and rusted cutlasses. I positioned them as best I could. My orders barked amidst the howl of the gathering storm and the roar of monstrous hunger closing in. It was a pathetic defence, yet I found a grim comfort in this desperate last stand. If this was where it ended, I'd go down fighting, not cowering. Through the swirling mist, shadows writhed into grotesque forms, but at their epicentre, a figure emerged and a sickening wave of realisation washed over me. The scholar, he wasn't consumed, but transformed. Corrupted power hummed beneath his translucent flesh. No longer scholar, this twisted echo wielded the abyss, a monstrous parody of his former quest for knowledge. And in those glowing eyes, I saw something worse than hatred. Pity. They called to me! His voice reverberated like a cracked bell, the very air seeming to writhe in agony around him. Bound! Weak! I was beneath them! Now! Well, they serve me! With an outstretched hand, a wave of unnatural energy crashed against our flimsy defences. Villagers screamed, not from pain, but from their very souls recoiling in horror. This wasn't death, but something infinitely worse. An insidious possession. With despair clawing at my heart, I watched as neighbours turned on each other. Their eyes pools of inky blackness mirrored in their terrified leader. And I knew I could fight on, but this wasn't the battle to be won. My world warped in that dreadful moment. It wasn't a battle with blades or claws, but an insidious kind of defeat. One by one, villagers fell, consumed not by grotesque bodies, but by their own inner shadows unleashed. Yet, as those I'd been tasked to save became puppets to the abyssal puppeteer, something in me snapped. Not despair, not panic, but pure, unadulterated fury. That rage surged through me, eclipsing everything save my target. No longer were we gatekeeper and corrupted scholar, but predator facing predator, fire meeting corrupt ice. You were never powerful! I spat, 
my voice raspy with fury. You hid in your books, then the underbelly of creation. But true power isn't control. With each word, a step forward, the rotting dock groaning in protest beneath my boots. It's defiance. I wasn't sure how we'd fight on this shifting stage, but it seemed the corrupted scholar was still vulnerable to surprise. In that moment of confusion, I charged, not with tactical intent, but driven by something deeper. A refusal to simply become another pawn in his macabre game. What followed wasn't a graceful display of swordsmanship, but a raw brawl fueled by instinct and desperation. I lashed out, using the villagers' fallen tools. A spear butt, a rusted blade. My aim not to inflict clean wounds, but to destabilize, to shock. And while corrupt energies thrummed beneath his twisted form, they were warped, untested. Every jolt of surprise I landed stole back a piece of the initiative he assumed was his dominion. I wasn't fighting to win anymore, but for time. I sensed it, a prickling on the horizon of awareness, a faint tremor beneath the corrupted scholar's unnatural control. Something vast, drawn not by his initial call, but sensing this power unleashed. He'd sown chaos, but underestimated the true, horrifying scope of what lurked below and his arrogance brought forth something he couldn't tame. Suddenly, the very sea seemed to scream. Monstrous tentacles thicker than ship masts rose from the churning foam. The villagers possessed groans drowned out by a guttural bellow that vibrated in the very bones of the world. I didn't hesitate in that moment of chaos. My fist connected with the scholar's face, a wet crunch echoing the unnatural creak of his warping bones. Then, I turned and sprinted towards the edge of the crumbling dock with an agility I wasn't sure I still possessed. I wasn't fleeing, but choosing my battlefield. My gamble wasn't survival, but weaponizing this new monstrous threat against the one who dared unleash it. Come then, I roared into the storm-lashed twilight, a challenge directed at the slithering behemoth in the tormented sea. I've held back your kind all my life. You brought this into the light. What's one gatekeeper more to face? Behind me, the corrupted scholar shrieked, the sound laced with both a dawning dread of his mistake and the insatiable hunger that now drove him. I couldn't see what unfolded. Yet, as I plunged into the icy waves, the village no longer filled with dying screams, but a titanic rumble that tore reality itself at the seams. This fight wasn't mine anymore. I was no savior, no monster just a single pebble cast into the abyss. The pebble that started an avalanche. The water was not merciful, but ruthlessly familiar. Each icy wave that pummeled me echoed the relentless chaos of the underworld. Yet even in that desperate struggle to claw my way to the surface, the roaring cacophony from above fueled me. This wasn't the oppressive stillness of the depths, but a raw, brutal symphony of destruction. Every crash and thunderous bellow that reached my ears beneath the sea spray signalled a grim fact. I had succeeded. Not in saving the village, but in turning one monster upon another. The corrupted scholar, in his hubris, had drawn down a far greater wrath, and perhaps bought me a sliver of escape in the resultant carnage. Survival now was no grand gesture, but a series of gruelling, animalistic struggles, 
each gasping breath a defiant rejection of my surroundings, each numb stroke aimed not for any shore, but to propel myself away from that shore, toward any uncertain fate offered by the roiling sea. And as I succumbed to exhaustion, an odd thought clawed its way into my battered mind. This was familiar. The underworld held no escape, yet I'd spent a lifetime carving moments of freedom with stolen time and sheer bloody-minded will. In that sense, wasn't this storm as much an enemy as the depths had been? Another boundary to defy, another challenge to break me before I could find something resembling my own path. When I awoke, battered, broken and spat out onto an unfamiliar beach, it wasn't gratitude, but a tired kind of amusement. No grand purpose awaited me in this storm-wrecked landscape. Likely there were more villages to find, more horrors to emerge from the shadows. Perhaps even that monstrous corruption would somehow endure and seek me out, my past never truly relinquished, and I perhaps will return to some twisted semblance of duty. But with dawn painting the grim horizon in strokes of blood red and the salt stinging in fresh wounds, there was also something unexpected. Not exactly hope, but the grim anticipation of a seasoned fighter. For I had finally learned a hard-won lesson amidst chaos, ruin, and the ever-present shadow of those grasping depths. I was not the gatekeeper bound by chains of duty. I was not a victim of circumstance, nor a slave to some great cosmic design painted in black and white. I was simply a survivor, honed sharp against the grindstone of an unforgiving world. And even cast adrift in this new torrent, it was that edge, and that edge alone, that would carve my path forward. Survival wasn't about destination, but the will to fight, adapt, and endure. That was the legacy. Battered and twisted, I carved out from the ashes of my old life. That was the freedom found not in peace, but the grit honed from the fury of the storm.